0: You're listening to Salon Frequency, a podcast for salon professionals that are revolutionizing the texture of salon culture. And as always, I truly appreciate you making the time to tap into my podcast, whether it is to be inspired, receive some encouragement, or to gain some business advice. I truly am grateful for your presence. And I also wanted to send a quick shout out to Reveal Hair Studio in Arizona for leaving us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That one minute of your time helps hundreds of salon professionals discover salon frequency, which helps to build our community. And you know, I'm all about community. So thank you so much for that. And if this is your first time listening to Salon Frequency, whether it's because Apple suggested it to you or you just stumbled upon us on Instagram, my name is Jocelyn Renee and as your host on this journey, my goal is to encourage your growth behind and beyond the chair in this ever-changing beauty industry. And today I'm speaking with Jay Kimia, owner of the Dread Lady Lock Loft in Charlotte, North Carolina which produces some of the most dynamic, you hear me, dynamic lock styles you'll find all over social media and in publications like Essence Magazine. In this episode, Jaquemia shares her journey as a single parent in nursing school to having one of the most sought after salons. I'm talking people are flying all across the country for services. So we're just gonna go ahead and jump right into the conversation. Has there ever been a time where you felt drained in your salon space? Like you left feeling drained, like you, things were just being taken from you?
1: Yes, very much so. At first it felt like a bad thing because when it came to me first starting out in the salon, it was like, I didn't have boundaries at first. And I didn't know the importance of having boundaries when it came to encountering certain people in your business. like there, their energy could be really heavy, like they're looking for someone to dump their problems onto, which is okay. You know, everyone wants to feel that safe, but I found that some of them, that's all that they wanted to do. Some people I had to no longer take as clients based on feeling like that because it was just too draining. And just talking to other stylists, Karen, feedback from them, you know, due to their experiences over the years, how they were able to implement some things to not feel like that, or, you know, take those timeouts. Like I literally took a week off to just hit reset for myself, but to give what energy I felt like I had this week for my children. So that was us going to the beach, being by the ocean for a few days. And it was everything because I could definitely see how it shifted their mood. But I also felt lighter because, you know, when people come and they're venting and, you know, they're looking for your advice, you're definitely given an energy exchange. But in order for you to continue to feel whole, knowing that you're a mom or, you know, a wife or, you know, a caretaker or whatever your personal life experience is, it's like, When you're investing that much into the business, you do definitely have to step back sometimes to give something to yourself.
0: Absolutely. And I commend you. I'm so proud of you for acknowledging that you need to reset your energy because so many people don't do that. So hats off to you. What is this reset looking like for you? Like before COVID, were you taking vacations or now that we're like, I don't, I don't even want to say pre or post COVID, but like since the shutdown, right? We had that time to like, look at our business, take a step back. Were you taking vacations before that time? Or like now you're being more intentional about it?
1: I am definitely trying to find my place in the whole thing of, you know, taking that time for me and what recharging looks like for me, because, you know, recently I just lost my mother. And before I lost her, you know, she had been very sick and I literally took on that responsibility of becoming her caretaker. So I kind of put myself on the back burner and I feel like between being caretaker, being a single mom and being business owner, my identity had been wrapped up in those three things, which all are some very heavy tasks for one person. So it's like now I'm calling this era of my life as a stylist, the blank canvas, because now I get to just paint my board the way that I want it to look. You know, I don't feel like I really missed out on anything, but it's like at this point in my life, I get to create the opportunities that I want to create. So what do I want that to look like? So I'm baby stepping it right now, but just knowing that I'm afforded this opportunity to just now make these decisions without the fear of if something is going to happen to my mom or my children. But vacationing is definitely one of the things I look at to be a reward for myself for everything that I do, especially when it comes to other people. You know, as a stylist, our, our position in this world, I definitely feel after COVID hit, show a lot of people how important and how essential we really are to them. But it also made me realize when we had to shut down and I had to sit down for a few months, how essential it is for me to understand and realize who I am and what it is that I want for myself. Because I just felt like everything that I was given was to the salon or to the kids or to my mom. So it's like, all right, Jakenia, who are you and what do you want your life to look like and be like at this point? So, you know, it's it's like Doherty Explorer right now, honey. I got my handy dandy backpack.
0: (laughs) Sis, you are speaking to me, okay? Like I'm I'm on mute, but I'm just like, yes, yes to all of that. You know, my my deepest condolences to you and your family for the loss of your mother. And also just acknowledging your role as a caregiver, because that is huge. That's even more of an undertaking than I feel like being in salon where you're managing a bunch of different energies for a short amount of time to give of yourself and of your time and just of your heart to a loved one. That is a lot. So I'm in awe of you and all that you do and I didn't even realize you were a single mom too so I'm just like like you said those are huge roles to fill you have how many boys do you have I have two one is 15 and one is six so you have the whole spectrum okay teenage years to just I don't know I don't even know what to call this six-year-old realm but it's a lot it's the adolescence
1: of toddler okay because he is all over the place and If only I could have like just a small portion of that six year old energy, I could just imagine what my days would look like. You know, they, I would probably be a billionaire right about now.
0: Yes. If we could just harness a little bit of it, because they are on a thousand from the moment they wake up to the moment that they go to sleep. So with you like taking vacations and redefining. You know who you are and what you do like how are you setting boundaries as it relates to your salon space because I noticed or I saw that you have a waiting list (laughs) and there's people that's still trying to get in like how are you how are you managing that
1: so the first thing that I definitely had to do was realize and understand that I am offering something that a lot of people want I think at first it was like Lacking confidence because I didn't see what people were seeing, like that. Oh my gosh, just the dread lady. Like, I want to get in with you, you know. And it's like, I became a bit overwhelmed. And I, I mean, honestly, Jocelyn, I feel like 2018 is when everything really took off. I was already doing Miss Reed's hair. I think I started doing Miss Reed's hair in like 2015. But every time she comes to the salon, I think people look at me like, Oh, I love what you're thinking when it comes to doing her hair. And I'm like, actually, Miss Ree will come in with a with a picture of a Caucasian lady. And she'll be like, I like this style. Do you think you can do it on my hair? And Jocelyn, I lie to you not. I've been doing this woman's hair for years. And I still get butterflies when she come in there. Because I'm like, what is she going to challenge me to do today? What is she going to show me on this phone or what is she going to speak of as far as this image goes, right? But you show up there. I
0: show up. You show up, okay? Like, turn it out. Like, I I would never know that you had butterflies because the way you style her hair, okay, it is a next level. Next level. Butterflies.
1: You hear me? Butterflies. But that that butterfly feeling, that nervous feeling, right? Like, One thing that I realize about me, you know, is when I'm in that space of uncertainty, I'm definitely going to challenge myself. Sitting in that space of comfort, I don't feel like I operate too well in that, you know? So it's like when I'm being challenged in that way, it brings on another side of me where I'm like, instead of telling myself, I don't know if I can do it. I'm like, all right, let's see how we can do this, you know? And like you say, the whole waitlist thing. Um, I think in 18, things probably started generating a little more on social media. I'm appreciative to some of these pages that are out here really showing appreciation to us that cater to the world of locks because that is how some of me being noticed came about. But when it started getting down to this overflow of people Coming into the shop, I was operating by myself at that point. I had just left the barbershop that I was working in in like 2016. These guys literally pushed me out of the shop. They don't like me to say it, but that's what it really was. But it wasn't a bad thing. They were just like, listen, your wings have gotten too big to spread into this shop. Like you're getting to a space where you're actually having more clientele than we are. And we think it's best that maybe you step out on your own so that you can continue to grow. So they did what they had to do to push me out the door basically so that I could fly because the moment I stepped into my own space, that's when everything took off. And it went so fast that it was kind of scary because now I'm I'm getting to a place where, you know, I'm booking someone, and I started like double booking people. And that I felt terrible about doing that, but it was like here I am trying to be the woman behind the chair. I'm trying to wash the hair, I'm trying to take appointments, text phone calls, this, that, and the third. Like it was so many different variables to things that I was trying to do by myself. And a young lady by the name of Tish, you know, she's my assistant. Well, now she's the salon manager, but she had reached out to me right before things really took off. And, you know, I used to do her hair years ago when I was in college um, at my home, you know. So she reached out to me to see if I needed someone to help in the salon, which was crazy because I was just thinking to myself before she reached out to me, like, I think I'm going to need some help. So I, I realized, like, one thing about Black folks when it comes to business is, we don't really like to get. We don't want the help, you know. And I don't think that some stylists or you know, just a just a business that that's catering to others in a manner like if if business is picking up, it's time for you to get help. It's not about needing, but it's like if I didn't realize until I actually allowed her, I was like, you know what? We'll try it. I mean, all I can do is tell you that we can try this out. You know, I still didn't know how to even manage someone else working for me. So that started to be something that, you know, as a stylist gave me anxiety. Like, all right, what is it that I need from her? What is it that she can really do? So when she came in, she was able to tell me while she would sit back to see how I operate. All right. So first thing that we could do, we probably need to get you a book in sight. So it's like, all right. You know, what do I need to do to line myself up the where people are are going to respect my time? So 2018, here we have my mom ends up in the hospital with 20% heart function from heart failure. Um, And now I have a fully booked calendar now that I have went totally online to book clients. And then I have to figure out how I'm going to maneuver the new people plus my regulars that are trying to get in. It was bananas. The biggest thing about all of this, right, is as a small black business, as, as a female entrepreneur, to see that I have worked as hard as I have, you know, to be in the space that I am, but to also be in the space to provide employment and work opportunities for other black people women like that feels so good. And it also feels good that I feel like my business, the way that it's structured, like it is benefiting solely off the black dollar. Isn't that such a
0: great feeling? It's empowering.
1: And it it just makes me want to step my game up in a way that I can be able to position people in that way, period. Like whether they start off with me or whether they continue to stay and grow However it goes, like just to know that I am actually running a business with integrity, that I am actually running a business that really caters to my people and they love it. And to see, like you say, a waiting list and these people are waiting. (laughs) They're waiting. They may be going to someone else, but they will still check in periodically. Hey, I'm just checking in to see if y'all have any openings. And you know, the new stylist that I have, she just started in September. By October, she was already
0: booked. So blessings, blessings on blessings. So now that you have your whole business empire, you got the foundation laid, right? What are some things that you've done to make sure being on your own runs smoothly?
1: Um, definitely implementing the help. Um, like I said, I I did not think that I would need help. Um, it's not, Tish wasn't the first person that ever actually asked me, um, if I needed like an assistant or anything like that. But I think she may have been the first person that reached out to me when it became too much. You know, at at one point I ended up getting a business coach because one thing that I feel like is a beautiful thing about a lot of our black people is, We have priceless ideas. I don't even know if I want to say million dollars. They could be trillion dollar ideas. We have some great ideas, but a lot of us lack the business sense. And I'm not the one to say that college is the only way to acquire the information that you need to become successful, but I do find that a lot of colored people are very skeptical on investing and learning more so that they can get to the success level that they want to be or where they see their ideas or their dreams to be. And that's when I realized how much I was getting in my own way. Last year, I was in a suite, like a room, small room. Um, It it honestly started feeling like too much with just me, Tish and one client in there, like three felt like a crowd. So when you know, this year was coming around, I knew that I wanted bigger. I just thought maybe a, you know, double the size, but I I went way bigger. Like (laughs) I I, kind of felt intimidated by the space. Like, do I really need all of this space? And, you know, and, and when I was talking to the, my business coach about it, which I am so grateful that I got out of my own way about even doing that, because at the end of the day, I do have the talent, but I lacked the business sense. I lacked allowing myself to extend or, you know, go beyond. It, w- it was like I was keeping myself in my own little box. So when I got this business coach, one thing that she was able to point out to me is how I was boxing myself in and, uh, and getting in my own way of growing
0: the business coach was almost the catalyst for this bigger space. Are you even acknowledging that you deserve to have a bigger space? So how did you go about finding a business coach? It's
1: funny. She found me too. (laughs) She found me too. So her business is called Own Hers. And what she does is she has a directory. She supports black female owned businesses. So um, that's pretty much what her coaching business caters to black female business owners and you know I'm sitting in there doing her son's hair and I I believe she was just surprised at how well I communicated with him because he was very tender-headed she couldn't do his hair so she brought him to me and we're in there just having general conversation so by the second time she came back for an appointment she was talking to me about how I actually like influenced her to step out of her comfort zone to do a particular thing, and I didn't even realize that's what I did because we were just having a general conversation. And she was like, "Have you ever thought about being like a public speaker? You know, blah blah." And I'm like, "No," <laughs> I said. But to be honest with you, I said not to say that I don't think about anything, but you know, these are just things that I guess come naturally. And if you say it, it's like, I'll start thinking about it then, but that was something I definitely didn't think about. So, um, that's when she pretty much told me what she does, what her business do what who she caters to. And, um, you know, she told me that she would like to have another conversation with me and, I mean, the way that she was challenging me when I decided to take on coaching with her, like, it was so scary. It was scary because she was just pulling all the mask off. Like, listen here, I need to see you (laughs) in in the mode that is not behind everything else. You know, she pretty much helped me kind of streamline what I wanted for myself because I feel like I had put myself in autopilot, like, hey, I'm a stylist, I'm gonna just show up and do the hair. But it's like, all right, like you asked me earlier, where do you see yourself taking this in a few, in five years, 10 years? Where, do you, where would you like to be? How long have you thought about being a stylist? When do you plan to retire? Like it was these type of questions were questions that I never really even asked myself. So it was like, now I had to dig deep and figure the, those type of things out. And, I mean, it was very beneficial. You know, like I say, I realized that some people don't want to invest in their growth. Like, they, I'm not paying this person that type of money. But for me, it was like, what can it hurt? I'm taking a chance. I feel like even as a stylist, every day I'm taking a chance. Because COVID showed us we, we can be shut down. And what's next?
0: You have to know, you have to, I feel like it's important to acknowledge those things, even as we're behind the chair. Um, If you could share just any advice that you would give to upcoming salon professionals or people just feeling stagnant where they are behind the chair, what would you say to them?
1: To, you know, anyone that is going through any of those things that you just listed, whether it's being stagnant, just lacking the confidence, feeling like you don't have the skill set or enough education. If you do feel that way, there are people out here that are willing to help you. I do understand that in some states, it do feel like there are limitations. You know, it may be people surrounding you that don't want to help, but there is somebody that is willing to I still feel like it is necessary to continue learning. Um, go to the workshops, invest, continue to invest in your growth, whatever that look like. It's not always about making it look good. You want it to be good. And if you want it to be good, don't necessarily compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday and the day before that. Challenge yourself to be better than who you were start networking, connecting with other like-minded people. It's okay to have your personal life friends, but then it's also necessary to have your business life friends as well. Because one thing that I learned, especially when I stepped out from the barbershop as a stylist is you're going to have to learn how to trust yourself. You're going to have to learn how to trust your decisions. You're going to have to pick yourself up again. If something fails, it's okay. You tried it. It didn't work. So let's go back to the drawing board to figure out what does work. And another thing that I've learned, I've learned that as an entrepreneur, you cannot have business conversations with a person that has a consumer mindset. They will never truly understand when you're asking for their advice about what you should do with your business. That's what you have business friends for. They will never truly understand what your life looks like behind the chair if it's worth investing. Because when I was asking friends of mine that only had the consumer mindset, if I should go into a shop. I was getting talked out of it every time. Why should you go into a shop? And you could be doing hair at home and making all your money instead of paying somebody to work in their shop. But what they fail to realize is you're paying for a space. And even if you went out on your own, you're still gonna pay for a space. So start learning to open yourself up in the way of connecting with other people because you'll be amazed at what you can learn from and listen to your clients as far as to you know, what their experiences are like. I never indulge in listening to clients bash another stylist, but sometimes you will learn some key information as far as their interactions and how they view an individual. And as a stylist, especially over time, you are definitely going to just already understand if if a client is talking bad about a stylist, but it could potentially be the client that was being problematic because some of the experiences you are going to already deal with and, and be okay with not accepting all money. It is okay to say no to someone that you feel is going to jeopardize your business in any way. And I don't just mean about physically, your mental, your emotional. If when you know that there's a certain client that books an appointment and you can already feel your anxiety going through the roof, it may be time to pull that leaf. It's, To me, it's like being a gardener. (laughs) Sometimes you have to cut the leaves that or some of the roots or repot that flower because you realize it's not helping the flower grow anymore. And it's okay. It's okay to say no as a stylist because you have to always think about your business like it's your baby. And you do want your baby to get an education as they grow up. You do want to feed your baby because when you feed this business, the correct things that business is going to feed you.
0: You have sown so many seeds. When I tell you, I'm just like my, my heart runneth over with gratitude for everything that you have shared. This, this was a good, phenomenal conversation. Much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing yourself with us. Um, can you tell us where we can find you online for those of you that don't know?
1: Social media on Instagram, you can find me at thedreadlady.com. Um, also, the salon page is the Dread Lady Lock Loft. Go follow if you haven't already. Look, shoot us some questions, show us some love, share some pictures. We are here for and I mean, we're, we're a welcoming family. That's, I mean, we call our tribe the lock tribe and it's because I feel like everybody that is there, it it has organically worked out in a way for them to be there. Um, you can also find my website, com, and, um, yeah, come visit me on my website. Come visit me on social media. Come and say,
0: Hey, her energy is amazing. Your styling is amazing. Your team is amazing. I couldn't have asked for anything more. Thank you so much for listening. As a salon professional, you know that if you're not behind the chair, you are not making money. Traditionally speaking, of course, but part of revolutionizing salon culture means that in today's industry, You can create multiple streams of income, especially passive streams of income that make you money while you sleep or shop or spend time with your family. And guess what? Podcasting can be one of those streams. With the Anchor app, you can get started creating your very own podcast for free and start making money with your very first episode because there is no minimum audience size required for sponsorship. Anchor also gives you all the tools directly in the app to record, edit, and upload your podcasts right from your phone or computer. And they'll automatically distribute your podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. So essentially, Anchor has everything you need to create a podcast that can generate money for you while you're behind and beyond the chair. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation and if you learned anything from this episode or were inspired by anything that was shared today, please consider posting a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes for businesses that were mentioned in the interview and head over to salonfrequency.com to join the vibe.